Welcome back to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charma Amber. Thank you very, very much for being with us. We're talking about how to take a closer look at ourselves without rose-colored glasses and see the areas that we need to work on so that we can start improving. This is, you know, what Keith and I often refer to as our insurance policy. This is what you need if you want a security blanket of any sort for the coming days in the coming years. Your security blanket is your spiritual lifestyle. By the way, if you'd like to call in for a reading, 1-800-336-2225. You know, when I was a kid and teenager and younger in my life, I would hope and wish things. And as I grow up, I find that it's up to me to... You know, some things just aren't for you, no matter how much you hope or wish. So you got to accept that. That's part of what you're scheduled for this lifetime. So acceptance can be a very big deal. Other than that, it's up to us to learn how to cooperate with that which uh, gives us what we hope and wish for when it's appropriate. I know we keep saying this, but I keep uh, wanting to say it because it will encourage you to take further steps. When you start tackling down these parts of you that just keep haranguing you because you're not at at peace with these parts of you any more than anybody else around you is, when you start tackling them down, you will like yourself more. And as you like yourself more, you start getting fueled to work on bigger pieces. It is your only way to true inner freedom and peace. It is your only way. So many of us, you know, we're older and, you know, different. we have different strands of this, but we find ourselves saying, I wish I could say no easier, or I wish I had a different job, or this or that or whatever. Well, You know, first of all, you want to set with that and see, you know, take a deeper look at it. You know, sometimes it's appropriate to have the job you have and sometimes not. But to say no, you know, if you know you need to be able to say no better, you probably do. Then you go to work on it. So, you know, don't just hope and wish. But, you know, you see you really want something, then begin to plot and make it work. Steal. Ten minutes of time where, you know, nobody can encroach on that, where you get your mind straight, you get your game plan straight, and you begin to get the engines rolling, the momentum building to getting what you always hoped or wished for, and it seems to be appropriate, and go for it. Let's say it was, I can't say no, or like I'm always judging, or I want a different job. And you get the freight train rolling and day after day begins to eat away at the thing that's saying no to you. And eventually, because you're the man or you're the woman and you're, you're changing something in you, this stops saying, this stops being a no for you. This stops being uh, a place where you're just not having any fulfillment and you change it. Part of the deal is, is you gotta see that it's appropriate though, you know, and a lot of times it is. Next one, number 21 on the self-assessment quiz that you can go check out for yourself if you'd like at MasteringOurselves.com. Number 21, do you exercise regularly? This is the one that I have tackled finally. I am not an exerciser, but that isn't true anymore. I am an exerciser. You are. And I shifted it about a month ago and every single day. Now, everybody knows. It's been in the news. It's been everywhere. 
Everyone knows that exercise is important, and everybody has their own opinion on how much is the right amount. And I'm certainly not here to declare what is right for everybody else, but what I am going to say is this. You need to find something that exercises you and challenges you just the right amount so that you're pushing your body and keep doing that. It is important for our body's well-being that we continue to exercise. So about 95% of us, the one word that describes how much exercise is appropriate, the one word is more. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to I wanna sing praises to walk, walking. You know, do whatever exercise you can, hiking, swimming, sports, whatever. But walking, if you walk in a pleasant environment, uh, carefree and inspired, uh, a uh, good posture, a good cadence. What you do is you uh, do your reflexology and you start uh, doing reflexology not only on your feet but your whole body. There's nerves and meridians and everything all throughout your body just like acupuncture. And you set them in a motion, an alignment. And also you trigger the nerves so that the nerves stimulate the, let's say your gallbladder needs help, your liver, your the back of your neck, your brain, your eyeballs, walking in a good posture, in a good atmosphere, in a good spirit, it starts aligning everything. It starts helping and stimulating all the processes of your body. Just simple walking. It's a different story. Let's say you're at work, you work in a warehouse, and you're pounding with stress this way and that way and this burden, and there's no idea of inspiration and a nice posture and cadence, although you can get in the habit of carrying that to work too, and that could help you. But free and out in nature is usually one of the best ways. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts, offering a place to find sound answers to life's tough questions. Uh, don't forget to catch us Monday through Saturday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on CRN. So let's say you get headaches. Let's say you have diabetes. You, let's say you have vascular problems, prostate problems, whatever. A lot of this can be done and can be tremendously helped by sensible walking. The other two things that usually are involved here is uh, heal your eating. Most of us are way off balance with what our eat. And the other one is our attitude. Those three things, exercise, Boy. diet, and attitude, they will heal, they will make or break you. You know, we talk often about uh, what the right diet is, and the thing of it is, is many of us are way, way off on, on what we're eating. Yeah. You know what? We're not asking anyone out there to tackle it all at once. You know, we notice in our life that we slowly but surely keep upgrading, and that's all yep. you want to do. Yeah. You want to notice you're doing too much of one thing, knock that out, stabilize and then take a look at what else you want to do. We find that about every six months we do a major overhaul, drop some bad stuff, add some good stuff, and shift two or three or four things at a time. Just keep upgrading. Here's the next one, number 23 on the self-assessment quiz that you can find at masteringourselves.com. It is free. Uh, number 23, do you wish the best for others? How many people have little, you know, uh, jealousies or envies or 
angers or hates or old wounds or betrayals or whatever that is causing them to have bad feelings for people and not wish them well. Even if somebody has done something terribly wrong. We ran into a woman the other day who has all this hate for this. You know, we told the story. I'm not going to tell it again, but... All this hate for a lesson she's got that she still hasn't taken responsibility for. And when she gets in our presence because we remind her of this, she hates us again. And Keith and I, you know, do not share her hate at all. In fact, in fact, we go, poor guy, poor gal. Yeah. You know, the, the bummer is, is that if they're this stuck in the hate, this means they're going to draw the lesson in again because they haven't gotten it yet. And isn't that too bad? And that's the way to think. You don't want to be thinking in terms of, well, they messed me up and I'm not, I'm going to be angry and I'm not going to forgive and I'll never forgive. That's not the way to be. So here's several things that can help your attitude with other people. You know, like, I'm not satisfied with my, what do you call it, unconditional love towards other people. It's way better than it used to be. I used to judge people more. But I'm still not satisfied that I'm a pure, good soul in, in how I approach my fellow man. I'm still working on this. And I imagine many of you out there are also. So here's several things that help. When you pray for your enemy or pray for somebody who's bothering you or pray for yourself to have better tolerance or understanding. You know, sometimes if you just understand where somebody else is coming from, it takes the whole charge out of the space. Boy, isn't that true? If you just pause for a minute and sort of get into their shoes and see what they're looking through and what their experience has been that has brought them to that, all of a sudden you go, well, of course they're thinking that, even though it's off. Let's say... You've had different little problems in your health. Let's say somebody has um, severe ulcers, and nobody else knows about it, but they have they have real attitudes going on because they've got 90% of their effort just trying to contain their attitude and their well-being, and, you know, you get fear when you got something like that going wrong in yourself. So they're just trying to deal with life and they come off pretty off balance or they're uptight or they're they fly off the handle so if you pray and have goodwill and look for understanding you know you can get them off the hook and maybe you can be an ally to them you're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts, offering a place to find sound answers to life's tough questions. We're talking today about New Year's resolutions, or more accurately, how to live a spiritual lifestyle, how to notice the areas in your life that you would like to start to change, and how to go about doing that. Don't forget to catch us Monday through Saturday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, Right here on CRN. Another one, number two, would be to meditate. Meditate is where you go deeper and deeper into beingness to where you transcend the mundane things and reactions of the surface of the ego on the third dimension. So meditation can take you to a further place to where, you know, these things just don't rouse a reaction into you. Another thing to deal with these uh, where we're just not loving our fellow man, don't have the goodwill, is Practice loving yourself and practice getting your life right together. And, you know, when you do this right and you care, you know, you care about yourself, then you start, of course, overflows everywhere and you start getting an authentic 
outpouring of love to yourself. And of course, if you're filled with that, it's going to, your cup over, overflow everywhere. And then the uh, fourth one is keep on top of your attitude. You got this little stinking thinking going on, shift it. Got it going on again, shift it. Got it going on again, shift it. Sit on it. Do get not it, allow it. Get in your face. Sit on it until the thing has shifted and don't let go. You know, go a hundred years on it and get, you know, I've seen people, you know, people you watch their lives and they have really, and they might have started out in whatever circumstances, but they end up really good. I see people that have, you catch them when they don't know you're watching and they're out taking a walk in the forest or in the orchard or something and they're just basically cussing out this part of themselves. And they're just displeased with it. And you see them the next day doing it and the next day doing it. And, you know, you go to school with them and you see, you know, two or three weeks or months down the road, they're different. And they like themselves. And that big monster that just owned them and was so nasty to be around is gone. Because they wrestled it down and wouldn't let it go. You can do the same, whatever the problem is. It's true. Also, if you <laughs> if you get underneath your problem, you know, like um, I had a um, poverty consciousness and I found out that there was a past life that had a poverty consciousness. And, you know, try as I may, I simply couldn't stop looking for coins everywhere. You know, I could get lost in looking for coins because that's what I did as a result of a poverty consciousness lifetime, you know, like a beggar. You know, the old pauper in the streets of, uh, of uh, Europe kind of thing. So to deal with that, I had to get a hold of a past life that was, you know, he basically the way he was seeing life is he had to just squeeze in every way to be thrifty and to save a cause kind of thing. And he was just crazy this way. And so that was stuck on me. And. You know, for years I try to deal with that myself and, you know, I go, why do I keep, you know, my, being a miser and why do I keep looking for pennies and coins hidden everywhere? And it was because I was that way that lifetime. So when I finally dealt with that lifetime, all of that miserliness, poverty consciousness, looking for coins and looking for lost treasures, it just left. It was just bogus. It was kind of cool because I tune into this past life of Keith's periodically. I just did because he brought it up right now. And sure enough, this part of him, which used to be on a horse out taking care of his troops and struggling, now he's on a beach in a lounge chair with a Mai Tai. And that's just, he's been there for a couple of years now. It's exactly where he needs to be to melt this part out. And Keith has completely transformed this frugal. Yeah, Charmaine I mean, has seen this. There's still there's still trailings of it here and there, but nowhere not like what it used to be. Yeah, I'm not stuck on it now. No. And you know, I used to think it was honorable to be this frugal, but you know what? It was sick. Yeah, it isn't. These people that are real stuck in that area, yeah. it is not a flow. I didn't have a flow consciousness, and I even had a judgment on people who flowed too much financially. I mean, they were just like, I didn't comprehend it. I remember this young man that came into the shop that we used to have and just started ragging on 
Bill Gates and what an idiot he is to be building a house that costs millions and millions and millions of dollars and what a jerk and there's better ways to spend that money and who does he think? He just went on and on. And I finally looked at him in the eye and said, are you aware that he just gave... Thirty billion dollars, half of his fortune to health care for the world. And he stopped in his cracks and looked at me and blinked. He had no idea. He was just busy being righteous, arrogant, and judgment, and frugal, etc. I said, who cares? Let him have a $50 million house if he wants. Given $30 billion away, what's the difference? Yeah, no you're, fooling. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves. change. <laughs> That's right. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmy Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts, offering a place to find sound answers to life's tough questions. We are today talking about what is a spiritual lifestyle and what parts of you do you want to tackle this year and make them different. Stay with us. We have more. We'll be right back. 